The Lord be with you. Welcome to Thin Places, the podcast channel of St. Aidan's Anglican Church in Nicholasville, Kentucky. I'm Father Lee, the pastor here at St. Aidan's, and I want to invite you to join me here each week as we join together to share common prayer, common worship, and common life. And just as the streams feed the trees on their banks till they pour in the seas, so may my life be to all those who share this wilderness road. A reading from the Gospel according to St. John in the 13th chapter. Jesus said to them, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our strength and you are our Redeemer. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I invite you to be seated. Tonight is the beginning of Holy Week. Well, tonight's the beginning of the Triduum. Holy Week technically is the whole week. But tonight is the beginning of our services that are going to lead us up to Easter, and we begin that with Maundy Thursday. Now, the word Maundy comes from a Latin word, mandatum, which means a commandment. Jesus says to his disciples, I give you a new commandment. A new commandment. A commandment unlike any commandment that you will find in any other religion in the history of humanity. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, love is a tricky word for us. In our culture, in our personal lives, we have trouble wrapping our heads around that. A lot of times we say love and we mean a whole lot of things other than love. Certainly a whole lot of other things than what Jesus meant by love. Now, of course, you guys know my definition for love. Greg often jokes that, uh, I think he's joking, that he has a bingo card uh, with all of my, uh, all of my Lee-isms on it uh, so that you can keep track of them during the, uh, during the sermon. And I'm pretty sure that my love definition is like the free space. On the, on, on the bingo card. 
But it's important for us to keep in mind. When Jesus says to us, love, he says, I want you to love one another the way that I have loved you. What do I say? Holding nothing back, expecting nothing in return. That's the way that God loves. That's the way God loves us. That's the way that God calls us to love everything that we have, everything that we are, for the sake of the beloved. Because what Jesus is revealing to us is that love looks like the cross. And a lot of times in our culture, especially, we sort of end it there. That might be something that would be worth sitting with tomorrow. Maybe if you, if you come here at some point during the day for, uh, for a private retreat. Maybe you want to sit for a while in front of one of the images of the cross that we have throughout the church. And you want to contemplate that. This is what love looks like. But so often for us, we end it there. We say that this is what the cross, that the cross is what love looks like. And it does look like the cross. But love also looks like the resurrection. The cross is not only love. The love of God also looks like the resurrection. It's a love that does not let go. Ever. It never stops. Never ends. It's a love that holds on in the midst of sorrow, in the midst of misunderstanding, in the midst of, of our sinfulness, in the midst of our brokenness, the love of God holds fast to us. God's love doesn't let go, even in the midst of death. The love of God looks like the cross, and the love of God looks like the resurrection. I ran across a fantastic quote this week from N.T. Wright, who I, you know that he's one of my favorites. But he said this, when Jesus wanted to explain God's love to his disciples, he didn't give them a theory. He gave them a meal. When Jesus wanted to explain to the disciples what God's love looked like, he gave them a meal. That's the image I want us together to sit with tonight that God gave us a meal to teach us about love, to teach us about his love for us, and to teach us about the way that he's calling us to love each other, to teach us about what it is that God is doing. St. Paul says that God in Christ from the beginning was reconciling the world to himself, right? And reconciliation is this, it means restoring what was lost? And what was it that we lost? Well, everything. But what do we mean by that? What did we lose? What was lost? What is being restored to us? What is God reconciling in Christ? We lost intimacy with God and with each other. We lost community and fellowship with God and with each other. We lost life in God and life in each other. And you notice those things, intimacy and community and life, are also the things, not surprisingly, that we experience when we sit down at a table. 
When we sit down to share a meal, whether it's with our family or whether it is with close friends or whether it's when we eventually are able to gather together and celebrate our feasts, whether we're doing it just by ourselves and inviting the Lord to bless the meal and sit with us. When we sit down to eat, what we're receiving, what we are being invited to participate in is intimacy and community and life. We can make the meal that we're experiencing an encounter with a living God. That what God is restoring in each of our homes is the table of the king. God's calling us again and again to share at his table, to join him at his table. And yet when Jesus sits down with his disciples, he doesn't just share a meal with them. He shares a Passover meal with them. And the images that are tied into the Passover are images of liberation, images of being set free. Now, what is it that we need to be set free from? If we lost intimacy and community and life, what is it that we need to be set free from? The brokenness and intimacy. We need to be set free from sin. But also we need to be set free to live in the midst of community. We need to be set free from the powers that are keeping us from each other. The dark powers that exist in the midst of this world. And we need to receive life in the midst of that meal. What do we need to be set free from? We need to be set free from the power of death. And so Jesus gives them not just a meal, he gives them a Passover meal. He gives them a meal that makes them free. And he gives us a meal that makes us free. Free from sin, free from the dark powers of this world, free from the power of death. It's a meal that sets us free to be united to God. And it means that this meal and each meal can become a place where heaven touches earth. It means that our tables are sanctified. It means that when we gather together and invite God to sit with us at the table, that that becomes a holy place. The tables in our lives are holy places. They're thin places. They're places where we can meet God face to face. But Jesus knows that that is too much. It's too much for us. It certainly was too much for his disciples. It's too much to take in. He knew that he would give them a meal and they wouldn't quite understand it. And even if he gave them a meal in terms of a Passover, they still wouldn't quite understand it. And so he had to enact that for them. He needed to give them a lens that they could use to understand the meal that they were sharing. And the lens that he gives to them and the lens that he gives to us is washing their feet. He begins that meal by washing their feet. He places himself below everyone who is around him. He takes off all of the outer garb that he was wearing, all of his symbols of status, all of his, his place within the community. He's no longer seated at the center of the room. He's no longer seated at the head of the table. He's no longer dressed like a rabbi. He takes off his cloak, wraps a towel around his waist, and, and washes their feet like a slave. 
Jesus says, if you want to understand what God's presence looks like in the midst of his people, it looks like this. And he begins to wash their feet. If you want to understand what God's love looks like, it looks like this. And he begins to wash their feet. If you want to understand the power of the cross and the power of resurrection, it looks like this. And he washes their feet. See, the thing about love is that it makes us vulnerable. When we love, we open ourselves up to be hurt. When we love, we open ourselves up to be abandoned, to be betrayed. All of those things that we're going to recount alongside Christ as we continue telling the story of his passion. And those things that he experiences, we all experience in some way or shape or form. Because love makes us vulnerable. To love means that we are hurtable. We are woundable. And yet knowing that love makes us vulnerable, he still washes their feet. God still chooses to love. He washes their feet. And he washes our feet. The same God who kneels down in front of each of those disciples, kneels down in front of every single one of us and invites us to sit at his table. Invites us to be made clean. To be made whole. Invites us to come home. Come back to the Father, to be restored, to be reconciled, to make us alive again. He kneels down in front of each one of us again tonight to tell you that sin doesn't have power over you. That the devil's not in control. That death is not your master. To invite us to come home. To tell us that those forces that try to steal creation away from the Father are going to be cast down. That they don't get to have the last word. That that's not the end of the story. That the end of the story is that death dies, that love wins, and that Christ conquers. That's the way that the story ends. And Christ is inviting each one of us tonight to let him wash our feet. To let him pour out everything that he has and everything that he is. Holding nothing back, expecting nothing in return because he loves you. And he wants you to receive that love, that life, that healing, that wholeness. And he invites you to come and sit and eat and learn so that you can be transformed 
by the love of God so that you and I can become icons of his presence in our lives, at our tables, in our homes, at each other's tables, in each other's homes, at the tables that we gather at around the world, that we can go out into the world tonight and every night and transform his creation into a place where we say Jesus is Lord, to transform God's creation back into a place where heaven touches earth to make all the places that we go thin places to reflect the love of God into a world that needs to see that image to proclaim that the father is with us that Christ is among us that the spirit is here And that he makes himself known to us in the breaking of the bread. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for checking out Thin Places today. If you were blessed by your time with us and want to know more, check out anchor.fm forward slash thin dash places for more homilies, devotionals, and worship from St. Aidan's Church in Nicholasville, Kentucky. And make sure to follow us and leave a comment and join us again next time in common prayer, common worship, and common life. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Father is restored.